Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 4. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus was simple kids like to just sit with him. Walking with the disciples, John chapter 15, read in your own time. Walking with disciples. He said, disciples, hey, see, see that gate? Yeah. You see grapes on the gate? Yeah. Disciples kind of had that clueless sound. You know, like I, don't, I, don't, I can't even buy a clue. It's like, you know, you see the gate? Yeah. See the gate? See the grapes on the gate? Yeah. See the vines? Yeah. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And he who abides in me shall bear forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit. John 15. Jesus was simple. He used sheep to teach. He used goats to teach. He used um, he used anything that he could, could, could use, a sparrow and a vineyards and fields and lilies and all of these things Jesus would teach so that people would learn. And when he spoke, people listened and it blew their minds. Look at verse 33. So Jesus raised, he was raised in Nazareth and he shows up in Capernaum. And while he was teaching in the synagogue, a man of an unclean, are y'all with me? A man of an unclean demon cried out with a loud voice. Now you got to get the scene, okay? In the synagogue, men sat on one side, women sat on the other side. And in the synagogue, women sitting on the other side could not speak in the synagogue. So you come a long way, baby. Y'all come a long way. That's why in Paul, when he he talks about, you know, women talking to their husbands at home, it had nothing to do with, you know, you know, some superiority or inferiority of the woman and a man. That wasn't the point. The point was that the synagogue was set up, that the women sat over here and the men sat over there. And sometime when the women had a question, she would look over and she's sitting over here and he's sitting over there and, and, and she would say, hey, Harry, what do you mean by that? I didn't get it. He goes, shh, woman, quiet. We'll talk about it at home. So, so in, in the Bible, in the synagogue, the women would sit on one side, the men would sit on the other side, and somebody, uh, some teacher 
is sitting in the middle and the people are standing. Don't you remember just last week, Jesus was just done teaching in Isaiah chapter 61. And then get this, while in the synagogue, here's a scene, an unclean spirit comes walking in the church and says, let us alone. Now in the original Greek, listen, stay with me here. In the original Greek language, it reads, let us alone, is the Greek letters A-E. A-E. It would be pronounced ha. Ha. So it's almost like the demon is with this demonic voice and he's saying ha. What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Who are you? Did you come and destroy us now? Not now. Wait. That's my demon voice. (laughs) Now my question is, now mind you, they're in church. Are y'all with me? And the demon walks in. He's like, that's my demon voice. My question is, where were the ushers? Renee, I just want to know where the ushers were. That's all. I just want to know where the ushers Let me tell you, let me tell y'all something. Let me just tell you. Let me tell you. Do not try that here, okay? Because if you get crazy, we're going to have to take you out. We're going to take you out. I'm just trying to keep it real for you. We'll put you out there on 1010 in a minute because if we can't have all that, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't in all that. So my question is, where were the ushers? Now, we read this. (laughs) So we read this, and, you know, we read it all nice. Like, you know, you know, what, you know, what, let us alone. What have we to do in verse 34? What do we have to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come and destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of Israel. It really doesn't read that way. There's actually a demonic voice there that's being carried. And notice in verse 35, Jesus, notice in verse 35, Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet. Or if you're taking notes in your margin, in your Bibles, you can write, be muzzled. Be muzzled, Jesus said, and come out. And Jesus says simply, shut up and get out. Isn't that interesting? I find it interesting. Listen, some of y'all will know what I'm talking about. I find it interesting that Jesus didn't go through any gyrations to get the demon out. Y'all know? He didn't go through any gyrations to get it. You know, anybody ever been in one of those services where the demon and the casting demons out? It's just weird. And the preacher, you know, is it the people, you know, they, well, if you, if you want a demon cast out, come on up front. As if there's like a whole bunch of people thinking, yep, I got a demon. I'm coming down. Come on down. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's kind of odd. And um, so, and then, the, and then there's always this, you know, you know, this gyrations and all this emotionalism of, you know, the demon and the guy's up there and he's crying and whatever. And the de- pastor's like getting his hand ready. It's almost like something spiritual's happening in that hand, man, you know. <laughs> okay. Ah, and now, God! And he grabs the guy with the hand. Oh, in the name of Jesus! <laughs> and by the time he's done with that, 
it's like, you know what? I forgot I had a demon and now I just have a headache. Can I get a witness? Does anybody know what? Do I need to go further? I was like, well, what is this? Jesus didn't do any of that. Je- Jesus just simply said, shut up and come out. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, in the interest of time, I do not have time to read it, but I want you to read Acts in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17, it's a great story of these seven boys who were exorcists. They're living in Ephesus, and these seven boys are, they're actually ex, uh, exorcists, like I said, and, and, and their father's name is, anybody know their father's name? Sceva, very good. It's the seven sons of Sceva. And, and these guys, they're, they're, following, they're following Paul around. And, 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 and Paul and the apostles around and Paul and the apostles are, are going about and they're casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And these boys make the mistake to think, are you listening? These boys make the mistake to think that using the name of Jesus is all you need to do. They think it's a formula. So they decide they're going to go out and do some demon casting out. And they're going to start name dropping. So they go out and they run into a demon. Mistake. They run into a demon and they walk up to the demon and they say, we cast you out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demon looked at them and said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? And let me tell y'all something right now. If the demon starts asking me who I am, it's time for Rodney to get on the bus. Anybody know what I Are you with me, my people? It's time to get on the bus. Paul I know. (laughs) Jesus I know, but who are you? The Bible says the demons came out of the man. Mission accomplished, came out of the man, but went into them (laughs) and stripped them naked and they went running through the streets naked. And I'm sure this made Ephesus headline news. Today they would have wound up on Larry King. Well, now tell me, what does it feel like uh, running through the streets naked filled with demons? Well, tell me, how did all that happen? Interesting, interesting story. So notice the demons say to Jesus, I know who you are. You are the son of God. I know who you are. In verse 34, are you looking at it? Verse 34, if you're looking at it, say I'm looking at it. I know the demons say, I know who you are. You are the holy one of God. And notice Jesus didn't say, oh, 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 thank you. Thank you, thanks. Jesus didn't say that. He just said, shut up. Jesus doesn't even receive anything from the enemy, even if it's true. And he didn't write a book about his experiences and, 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 and with demons, and, 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 and it became a bestseller. The demon just threw the guy. The man goes sailing through the air, and he plops down in the middle of the room. The demon came out, and the man wasn't hurt. Notice in verse 36, they were again amazed and said, what 
a word is this, for with power and authority, he commands unclean spirits and they come out. Now listen, if this happened in your house, you should freak out. You should. Now I know my following comments, there are some people who completely disagree with it, but I'll say with it anyway, I got to tell you that I don't want anything to do with demons. Can you say a better amen than that? I don't want anything to do with demons. And unfortunately, there are ministries out there that they call themselves deliverance ministries. Anybody heard of them? They're deliverance ministries and their whole purpose and their whole aim is demon hunting. So there's these ministries, these Christians who put on their demon hunting hats and they go looking for this kind of stuff and they're looking under every rock and every tree and they're looking for demons. Don't get me wrong. I'm not afraid of demons, but, but I'm not looking for them either. And if you've been in the presence of a really demon-possessed person, you won't want to ever be in that situation again. I'll tell you quickly, I have been in the presence of a really demon-possessed person. Uh, a couple called me one night at 11 o'clock, and, and this was years ago, about, about uh, let me see, was the church almost 14 years old? It was probably about 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And, and I was, I, they called me, they told me, they said, my daughter's demon possessed. And I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. At 11, 12 years ago, I was green in the ministry. I'm black now, but I was green. <laughs> okay. If, if y'all, y'all knew that, I just wanted to make sure y'all was clear. <laughs> and so... I was green in the ministry. They called me up. They say, my daughter's demon possessed. I get over to their house. I don't know what to do. I'm scared too. <laughs> Shoot, they said, well, go on in there. I said, you go first. <laughs> I said, they said, well, go on in there and see what you can do. I said, I can't do nothing. <laughs> so I went in there and they had the daughter hogtied on the bed. I did not know what to do. I went and sat in the corner. I prayed for hours, just sitting in the corner. And that girl was spitting every kind of obscenity, spitting at me, every kind of obscenity, things that she was doing, I cannot even tell you. I will tell you this. I did not tell him first or second. I, I should have told him this. I didn't tell him first or second. But do you know, they, they didn't know what to do with the girl. No one knew what to do with her. They took her to Dorothea Dix that night. I went to see her two, two days later, Dorothea Dix. And in the lobby, in visiting that girl, I led her to Christ. And she became a Christian. You can clap your hands while I wait for that. And she gave her life to Christ. It was beautiful. Just, just beautiful. Just beautiful. She gave her life to Christ. But, but, but you don't want to be demon chasing and you don't want to be demon hunting. And listen, let me tell you this and I'm going to move forward. Christians cannot be possessed by demons. Let's just get it straight. And by the way, for anyone to imply or suggest that a Christian can be possessed by a demon... It's, a, it's actually a slap in the face at the power and the sovereignty of God. If God will not, I'm going to wait. 
God is not going to share his apartment with a demon. God's not going to share his space with a demon. Christians can't be, you know, there's a whole lot of talking. Well, I got the spirit of lust. I got the spirit of drunkenness. I got the spirit of adultery. I got the spirit of fornication. I got the spirit of addiction. Listen, those are not spirits. The Bible says those are the works of the That's the work of the flesh. That ain't, that's not demonic activity. Oh, I'm just, I got a demon of lust. I got a demon of this. And I got a demon of that. You know, people want to say they got a demon of something just so they don't have to deal with it because it's a demon. And, you know, the demons, they got a stronghold on us. The demons, we can't do much about the demons. That's the work of the flesh. And what you need to do is get in the word. You need to get in worship. You need to get in prayer. You need to get in a woman's group. You need to get in a men's group. You need to get in a young adult's Bible study. You need to get somewhere where your mind can get renewed by the word of God. And I guarantee you, you saturate yourself in the things of God and in the word of God. And you you saturate yourself in the work of the kingdom and you won't have time for sin. You won't have time for sin. Don't you understand? You can get so busy about doing the work of the kingdom and the things of God, you have time to sin. You, you might be thinking, you know what? I'd like to take a little time to sin, but I just don't have time. I, I got to go to church. <laughs> I ain't got time to sin. Christians cannot be possessed by demons. And the work of of, uh, demonic activity. Well, in verse 38 through 44, so Jesus at the end of a long, busy day in ministry, and Peter invited him over to the house for lunch, and Peter's wife's mother was sick. Yes, listen, that means that Pope Peter was married. Pope Peter was married. And there's some people who say that Peter was the first pope, and he took a vow of poverty, and he never married. Well, listen... It's kind of hard to have a mother-in-law if you're not married. (laughs) So Jesus gets there, and the woman has an inflammatory, aggressive fever, and like an enemy or an evil spirit or a violent storm, Jesus rebuked it. And Matthew chapter 8 tells us that Jesus, get this, Matthew chapter 8 coupled this story. Jesus walks in, and he took her by the hand. I love that because Jesus considered women a part of the culture. Don't you know for a man to grab a hold of the hand of a woman was, was, was radical? It was the Jewish people who prayed every day. They prayed, God, I thank you. I'm not a dog, a Gentile, or a woman. So Jesus touched a woman And he healed her and she got up off her bed and she began to serve. And you can always tell when a person's been touched by Jesus because you know what? They want to serve other people. That is a natural byproduct. How can you not want to serve him after all he's done for you? Somebody say amen. I'm going to say it again because some of y'all will sleep. How can you not want to serve him after all he's done for you? God's been so good to us, and we just hear the teaching of the word and go home. Oh, that was a nice sermon. Oh, pastor preached. (laughs) Next week, I hope you do the same. God's been good to you. We need to serve him. In some ways, some capacity, not everybody's called to be the pastor and go to, you know, the, the pygmies in Africa and preach the gospel to all them. But certainly, God has called every single one of us 
to give to him the gifts that he has given to you. Perhaps God's blessed you with the, an ability to make money and you have an, you're a business person. Hey, you, you're able to make money so you can give money to the, to the kingdom. I ain't saying give it to Calvary. I'm saying give it to the kingdom so that the kingdom can get the, so God's kingdom can work. I want to preach about that so bad. I don't have time. So the woman, she got up. Notice the Bible tells us in verse uh, 39. She got up immediately and it says, notice she served. She got up just like any mother would do and she was healed Im- immediately and she just got up and said, hey, anybody want something to eat? And she started serving. And at this point, the sun was setting and the Sabbath was beginning and people are being brought to Jesus quickly. And Jesus was wore out from a long day of ministry. And yet when the people came, he laid his hands on every single one of them. That's convicting. That's convicting. Jesus laid his hands on every single one of them. I got to admit to you, I mean, after a long day of ministry, I'm tired. After the day third service, those three steps, man, I'm so happy to go down them three steps because to me, after I preach on Sunday and I like go down the three steps and into my office, that's like a Friday for me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's like, a, I've been working all weekend. That's like a Friday for me. So, you know, and somebody comes up to me after that and says, you know, hey, pastor, I need prayer for healing. You know, it's like, don't misunderstand me. I love Jesus. But somebody come up and I'm, I've been working all day, been working all weekend, literally all weekend. And somebody comes up, I need prayer for healing. You know, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking, dang. I love the Lord. I'm just tired, y'all. I'm tired. And when I read about this about Jesus and him, he just preached to people and people were blessed and he kept going. And I feel so convicted. I feel like a little lazy lima bean. And it's like you know, I'm, it's like you know, Jesus. He just kept ministering to people. You know, at the end of three services, I just want to go home and check my eyelids for holes. I mean. You know, for some of y'all, that means I want to go sleep. Y'all like, can I let What does that mean? But Jesus, you know, the thing that jumps out about this whole chapter about, you know, Jesus serving and all that he's doing is, you know, the thing I realize about Jesus more and more is that Jesus accepts people that we reject. Jesus receives all people, Jews, Gentiles, ladies, shady ladies. John chapter four, shady ladies centurions and children, people of other religions and religious backgrounds and racial backgrounds. You know, if Jesus were here today, I believe you would see Jesus fellowshipping with all people. Jesus didn't see people in categories. Jesus didn't see people in, 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 in with, with color and with race and with caste and with a net worth and with age and with gender. There was never a scar and never a stain and never a sin that Jesus could not love them through and accept people through. And that's the one thing I love about Jesus. He loves all people. Can you clap your hands for the Lord? Can you do that? He loves all people. And there's all different kinds of people going to be in the heaven. In heaven, you're going to be surprised at who gets into heaven. You know, you're going to be surprised who, who, who's in heaven. There's going to be three surprises in heaven. First of all, the first surprise is, is that you're going to be surprised at the people who are not there. 
well, I did this. Well, I did that. Well, I helped the Jerry's kids. Well, I helped the church here and I did the mentoring program and I did this and I did that. And Jesus says, you know what? You did all that, but I never knew you. Depart from me. I never knew you. The second surprise is you're going to be surprised at who is there. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to see people in heaven go, you made it. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, seriously, don't you know people like that? Everybody knows people like that. I'm looking at people going, I can't, you, really? <laughs> it's like, wow, God is a great God. And then the third surprise, I think, is going to be the fact that you are there. I think when you open up your eyes and you're actually in the kingdom, you're going to be like, woo. <laughs> you're going to be surprised. Well, then in verse 42, he departed. He went into the desert. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 tells us after this very long day, he goes into the desert and then he prays. After a long day of ministry, he goes and he gets alone and he prays and he seeks God. You know, there's, y- y'all know the Gaithers? Y'all know the Gaithers? Anybody know the Gaithers? Everybody knows the Gaithers. Only four people know the Gaithers. The Gaithers. Okay, 10. Okay. Well, the Gaithers, they wrote the song, He Touched Me. You know that song, He Touched Me? And I think, I think the demon guy would sing this song as he, I'm, I'm not going to sing it because I, I got like allergies and my voice is not like great. So, but the song is like, here's the words to it. And I think the demon would sing this song. And I know that every single one of us could sing this song. It says, oh, since I met this blessed Savior, and since he cleansed me and made me whole, oh, I never cease, never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. Oh, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, what a joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. That's Jesus. Every one of us can say that. I know he touched me. He made me whole. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.